Shafi. Shafi, are you there? We can dance again. That's basically yeah. it. I was like 19 and we could dance again. Night has fallen once again over the hill country here in Austin, Texas, East Austin to be specific, where I sit behind my microphone in my ivy-covered cave where we've turned the heater off. That's right, folks. It's warm enough today that I don't, don't need the heater anymore, which is a radical change from the five previous days as anyone in texas will tell you uh including our favorite texan you know him you love him his name's matthew rampy hello matthew podcasting nine to five it's no way to make a living talking to the mic it's just Schaefer. he's forgiven all my stupid jokes sometimes interjecting steady what's our next segment i hope it's not too heady working nine to five Shafy. not too heady not i hope just, it's not too heady just the right amount of heady you know who likes a heady segment Alex Battles. Alex Battles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's got some. He's got some new segments on the on the charrette sheet that I love. That we're we're not going to get into tonight, but they're but they're definitely coming up. So I'm really excited for those. Uh, I was listening back to episode 70, which was our first episode with this new recording platform. Uh, can we say the name? Riverside you, you, Riverside you, FM and. Uh, once in future sponsors of the show. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking about Alex and I did a little Alex impression in that episode. <laughs> Just a quick little Alex impression. I thought it was quite good. I hope he liked it. Get at us, Alex. Let me know if you, if you liked my impression of you from episode 70. Um, good to see you, buddy. Wow. It's great to see you too. We've yeah. What a through... week, huh? <laughs> Holy shimoli. It's funny too because episode seventy was the yield workshop where we discovered what a polar vortex was, and sometimes the knowledge of what a polar vortex was isn't enough. You you really just have to experience it firsthand. I I I, I learned we we learned what a polar vortex can be. Yeah, and what the, it can do when the polar vortex. Got got confused about where it belonged, made a wrong turn, and came a few thousand miles to the south and stopped right over Middle America. And it was the North Pole here for five whole days. Piles and piles of snow, ice covering the streets. Well, icicles hanging off of the side view mirrors of my car. It was 170 uh, <laughs> hours below zero. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's... Yeah, which was is totally unprecedented for this area. And our houses aren't made for it. Um, many, many people had burst pipes. There's a new, there's a big new thing in modern construction. It's the tankless water heater. 
and those bad boys are not made for a polar vortex at all. Pretty much everybody I know that has those had serious issues, sometimes catastrophic failure. Um, crazy. We were you without power? I no, I was very fortunate. Yeah, that's uh, great. Not, not to lose power and not to lose water. Uh, I think one of the one of the big things for me is being I'm just two blocks away from APD headquarters. I'm two blocks away from the Dell Dell Hospital, and then just four blocks away from the state capitol. So I think those things were keeping. I was not wrapped up in the rolling blackouts. You were on didn't an essential have circuit. The, yeah, yeah, well, well, rolling blackouts is what they said was going to happen, but it turned into just catastrophic grid failure. I think, yeah, I was lucky enough not to have any of the accidental failure, but also not be included in the necessary shutdowns either. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to go off too much about uh, about how easy it was for me because I know for a lot of people – it was. It's really hard. It's still really hard. Yeah, we people are uh, still struggling. There are lots of people without water because of main breaks and because of water treatment stations losing power and losing their reservoir of water to treat, and um, the pumps failed. And uh, there's all there's all kinds of issues. Of course, there was the roads were so treacherous for so many days that grocery stores were unable to restock, and so there's a very serious there's a very serious food supply issue, severe. Uh, yeah, still, damage has, still to happening the food right supply. now. I think. Yeah, I went to a little market in my neighborhood, and they just they hadn't been restocked at all, and they didn't have any produce, no meat, no dairy. There were just tape and and signs on all of the frozen foods that said not for sale all that had just spoiled um and i i did drive by an heb heb is the big hero again um just like last year when the pandemic hit us and the food panic food buying took hold heb was ready to restock with uh uh, they just got a good system. They're the they're the heroes. Yeah, Brian Benitez and HEB <laughs> just keep winning, uh, winning at every turn. Yeah, totally, totally. We uh, we lost power at about two a.m. on Monday morning. At, you know, after two or three days already of of fro- freezing temps, and um, we went through the whole day on Monday, no power, and into the night on Tuesday and we, we do not have a fireplace and um, we do have some decent camping gear. I think that uh, helped us out quite a bit. And we just sort of camped out in the living room all together. And then Tuesday uh, we decided we needed to go somewhere where there was power just to warm up after, after a while of being freezing um, you're just desperate for warmth. We were lucky enough to have some friends that, also very near a hospital. Um, it, it's actually our our school pod house. And we were able to go there and get warm and spend a night and have some internet. Um, we were trying to do our jobs. More on that later. Um, how's that uh, How's that polar bear DNA treating you now? Uh, it's going strong. I still, uh, 
I still have not put on a pair of jeans. This, yeah, to go to go back to how lucky I've been. Uh, uh, my big emergency was towards the end of the week when Bill the landlord started to run low on Bailey's, uh, and I actually <laughs> i I got the chance to be the big hero by uh, venturing out. You know, I I have front wheel drive, so. I figured I could probably handle, you know, the the slightly less icy than the day before roads. And I had heard that uh, my friend Nick, who runs a liquor store called the Austin Shaker, uh, I had heard that he was open. So I ventured out in what was still pretty dramatic conditions uh, and uh, got that bottle of Bailey's for the landlord. And uh, I did so uh, wearing a wearing my hoodie and a pair of shorts, and uh, and that was uh, that was my big adventure. Uh, you're a hero to most. That's awesome. <laughs> um, pretty crazy week, especially on top of the pandemic. You know. And, yeah, and, that and, was and, the big thing. Right was somehow finding a way to lock ourselves down even further than we were already locked down. You know, it's, I would, you know, I'd say we're all, we're all walking on psychological eggshells yeah. right now. Yeah. And uh, to, to have things just so dramatically have the, the anti dramatically up like that was, was pretty intense. I'm not going to lie. I think there's going to be uh, mental health ramifications. Also, seeing the stores run out of food twice in one year is um, this yeah. Is, you know what? This is pushing this, this is pushing me to become not quite a prepper, but a little more self reliant. Like I think I'm in the market for a house with a fireplace, and I'd like to get a. Um, I'd like to get one of those Tesla batteries, one of those like $20,000 storage batteries. Yeah. And maybe now you're talking. I'm, I think I'm going to start hunting um, and get a deep freeze <laughs> and I want to yeah. do a chick, a chicken coop would be good. And maybe you could just uh -huh. have a goat. No doubt. You, have a, you have a goat for goat milk, for milk and, and, if, fun. And, then if, and then if something like this happens, you have some cabrito if need be. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll, it's... we'll talk with we'll talk with Jameson a little bit about Cabrito uh, okay. when he's on when he's on the show next. Next next episode. Uh, this is episode seventy two, of course. Episode seventy three. We're going to talk to our one of our oldest and dearest friends, Jameson Driscoll. Is, he's a he's a co producer of the show, right? Is he a yeah, co executive he's a, producer. He's a yeah. I'd, I'd call him co executive producer. He and he and Alex Battles are probably kind of at the top of that list although ellen ferguson is is making a bid for it these days definitely it's I, i've always watched movies and you always see the lists of the producers there's the executive yeah producers, there are lots the of co-executive producers the producer am i right and i always thought why do they need all those producers now that i'm doing a show i get it just real quick because i have something to say about this you know the we had a we had a rough week but <laughs> not as rough a week as it looks like Old Mr. Ted Cruz is having these days. Oh, I'd like for him. Uh, he needs to have a rough week. That guy, you know, it just it seems so boneheaded and you know how you know it really seems to me like he was surprised 
by this by this you know I would have thought I think he thought it know. was going to go unnoticed because it was it was discovered somebody saw him at the airport and took a video that's how that's how it was found out wow so he really oh wow that that yeah. explains it okay I think he was thought he was just going to slip out of the state and no big deal he's he he travels you know but, but um, this I have something to explain to Republicans. Uh, uh, excuse me, all the Republicans, can you listen up? All of all of the ones listening, yeah, exactly. Even the ones we even the ones we we dearly love. Maybe they didn't know this. Maybe they didn't know this. Actually, this is good good advice for Democrats too. It's just kind of less of a concern. Maybe the, and maybe the Republicans didn't in Texas didn't know this, but Ted Cruz is a former libertarian. Now, he's a, he's a libertarian who realized that he couldn't make any money being a libertarian because he wasn't going to get elected and he wasn't going to have any connections to take advantage of. So he jumped ship to become a Republican. Now, libertarians don't want the government to do anything. So if you elect a libertarian as your senator... He's going to do everything he can to not get anything that you want done done. You know, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you assume you're electing your congressman to tr take care of your state, right? And your constituency, however, however that looks for you. But you want them to, to do the things that need to be done for, for your group that he's representing. But if you get somebody who is a hard and fast libertarian, it's it's in his best interest to go to Cancun in the middle of a crisis for his constituency because he thinks that the less the less things the government does the better. So, you know, if you want you now if you want if you're a libertarian and you want that then that's fine. But if you're if you're a republican who would like your republican initiatives to be forwarded, then don't don't elect the libertarian. And that's it. And that's like I say, that's true for Democrats too. Just seems like it's not lightly, slightly less, uh, slightly less possible to happen to them. But I mean, use your head here, guys. Of course, he, of course, he went to Cancun. What does he care? And that's a uh, that's the end of that. <laughs> uh, you there? You still there, Matthew? I hope. Uh, I'm, I had coughed and, and muted myself. I think it's probably I think it's probably news to some of our um, uh, to some of our Republican hunter gatherers that that Ted Cruz was a libertarian. I, I certainly did not know that. Yeah, um, well, I was yeah I was just laughing. I, you know, I, I was like, yeah, of course, you know, of course. Well, yeah, what does he care? And yeah, that's crazy fallout from the storm. I want to I want to talk about so, uh, another crazy bit of fallout that I noticed today as I got out and about that's probably not on the same level as that, but I was driving on 360, Highway 360, Capital of Texas Highway today, and on the left-hand side of the freeway, there's a yellow stripe, and that yellow stripe has the reflectors, uh, the yellow reflectors, you know, glued to it, uh, plastic reflectors. Well, I guess the ice or the combination of the ice and people like veering off on, onto that uh, stripe, all those reflectors had all shattered and broken. 
And so there was the yellow line and then it almost looked like yellow powder kind of scattered to the lee side of the line all along the highway. The reflectors had just shattered and broken and were <laughs> littering the side of the highway. And wow. I hope that there's some sort of of cleanup effort for that. It's through the Bull Creek watershed. It seems like an ecological nightmare that all those little bits of broken plastic are going to wash down into the creek. Um, I, that, there's just, it's funny the things that you don't think about because you don't normally live in a polar vortices. <laughs> but you know, that's sort of a live and learn uh, kind of deal. Um, yeah. Polar, polar vortices, man. Uh, that's, you know, I was wondering, and I don't have the answer to this, so I shouldn't be asking it. Is there South Polar Vortice? There must be. Oh, there must be. And so what I would like to know is, is that, is that South Polar Vortex, is that slipping out of its uh out of its uh space and pushing way north in the way that the north polar vortex is pushing its way south i think that there's not as much land mass uh, as close to the south pole you know what's that going to affect like the falklands parts of australia Parts of super southern Chile that are already really cold. It's so funny that you just said the Falcons, Falklands. You know, it occurred to me the other night I was going to introduce you as a veteran of the Falkland Island War. <laughs> Only because of veracity. I don't because, know Because why. everything you hear on this show is true. I don't know why. I don't know why that came up. It's so funny. Well, it's one of those things where time is circular and not linear, you know. <laughs> the I wonder, get at us. I wonder how many of our listeners even know what the Falkland Islands are and know that there was a small, what is it, like a 12-day war associated with them? Well, they should know. For a, for, for a few days in our childhood, uh, the United Kingdom was at war with Argentina, I believe, over over the Falkland Islands. It was a just cause. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really so, don't know the details of the war. Here's what I'm wondering, folks, and I'm going to continue this research and get back to you. So, so I'm going to I'm going to see if there's evidence of the South Polar Vortex moving north, and then I've been thinking about you know. Uh, uh, Earth scientists, geologists, and the like have long told us that there are several times in the history of the Earth when the poles have switched, the Earth has switched its polarity, when magnetic north became magnetic south and magnetic south became magnetic north. And, you know, that's one of those things where if, if geologists are talking about it, they... They they have said that it happens relatively quickly, but relatively quickly to a geologist could mean, uh, you know, a thousand years or ten years or a hundred years or whatever. But you I know, feel like there's I a wonder, joke in there somewhere. I wonder <laughs> if 
<clears throat> maybe. Would you like me to give you a moment? See if you can. No, 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 that's okay. That's okay. We have other things to talk about. I have I have some uh, stuff that I I have some serious stuff I want to talk about tonight. Let's let's get to the serious stuff. Well, okay, first thing you know I mean I can talk about polar vortices all day long. I know, I know. The first thing <laughs> and that's what people love about you. The first thing I want to talk about is the sound from our last episode, episode seventy one, the free Britney episode. Um we are on the, this new delightful platform. episode. Yeah, it was fantastic. We we're on this new platform. And it was our first time having a guest. And when you enter the the podcast platform, you're asked by the by the software if you are using uh, headphones or not. And our guest uh, Lori checked yes, and she was using her headphones at first, but they weren't working quite right, so she unplugged them, and that caused her end to record all of the sound. And so it, after our intro, it jumps to our chat with her and it sounds like she's the host of the show and we've called in to her. <laughs> and we're sorry about that. We're sorry to Lori for that not sounding perfect. Um, of course, she sounded great. We're the ones who sounded like we were on uh, tinny sat phones or something. Um, but uh, that was a delightful interview. Um, Sorry about that, I everybody. I, I love it that you used a drop from that episode at the first of the show. You know you've made I it thought, when you're using your own drops. <laughs> I thought it was such a thought it was such a good one. Yeah, I wanted to wanted to get on top of that. And yeah, I think for you know for the for the mild lack of for the uh, negligible, I think lack of of sound quality. Uh, that was an excellent episode. And thank you so much to Lori for coming on on the last minute notice to. Uh, and sharing your knowledge about Britney's sitch, to and, you know, and Britney history, you know, taking something that Matthew and I knew absolutely nothing about, and making it very interesting and very cool, and give us a lot to think about about popular culture and the state of contemporary music, and uh, and what it's like to be nineteen and just want to dance. Yeah, right. We were all there at one time. Well, Shafi, I have some big news. Yes, sir. That I want to share with you and the hunter gatherers. I'm all ears. Um, I I quit my job this week uh, amidst <laughs> amidst the backdrop of the winter storm crisis. Uh, things came to a head with my employment, and I told them to take this job and shove it. I don't work for you no more. And I want to tell my I want to tell my side of the tale here. Um, for me, for you, for posterity. Also, because I, I, it's come to our attention that when we really talk about things that pain us, it, it's exciting for the listener. So <laughs> it's that's good podcasting. Um, let uh, let me be the first to say congratulations, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And and some other people have said that to me and it comes with mixed emotions because I'm a dad, I'm a family man. And you know, that it, it was a good job that I had. I, let me say this. My company has been rocked by the pandemic. I was working for a company that does digital menu boards and our biggest clients, our, our whales are airport concessionaires, companies like HMS host, 
and SSP America and Paradis Lagadere. You you may have never heard their names, but they run all the restaurants in airports. And in airports, it's popular to have your menu up on a digital screen. And we sell, uh, we, we <laughs> I used to, I worked for a company that sold those and we had a software service to manage them. And I did a lot of the graphic design and account management. Um, my title was creative project manager. And um, it was a great job. And it was a company that I believed in, um, but there were issues, like with any job, there, there were issues. But the pandemic hit, and it hit us hard. And after the PPP, that's the Paycheck Protection Program, after that ran out last summer, um, I was asked uh, to move to halftime. That's... Uh, half time, half salary, 20 hours a week, half my salary. And, you know, at the time I had my kids here and my wife's work had gotten very busy. And so me putting a little less into that was a really good thing. Um, but I mean, it, was, it was a financial hit and I, I made up the gap by, by laying some tile and doing some construction work and, it was it was really fine and things were picking up you know it's it's weird through this pandemic there have been fits and starts and fits of it definitely have things yeah. are getting back to normal and then the virus surges and you know um but it it seemed like it was going in a direction of oh, things were things were getting better and i was i was working very hard to take care of the basic functions of my job and really working more than half time you know that was that was kind of what it was supposed to be. And um, it had definitely in the last few months, just, just to get things done, I was working 25, 30 hours a week. But I felt like I was working towards something, you know. Um, both the owner of the company and my boss had been saying, oh, we, we want to bring you back on full time in January. Now, Schaefer, if I say to you, we want to bring you back on full time, what does that mean to you? Means they're going to do their best to uh to make things the way they were. Right, make things the way they were, but put them back the way they was, as yeah. we said in the lab. Yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't really the reality, you know. And uh, January came around, and I was I kept you know talking to my boss. Hey, anytime they had a leadership meeting, I'd be like, "So, did y'all talk about uh, the status of my employment?" Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. We, you know, that's coming up, and that conversation kind of got pushed to. Uh, I think it was January twenty first at my at my quarterly conversation, right? So at the quarterly conversation, uh, my boss says to me, "Well, we want to bring you back on full time. Uh, you know, at a twenty five percent pay cut." Um. I knew that the leadership team had taken up a, a pay cut. Um, he and the owner and our, our COO, which uh, he had actually left the company back in the fall um, for similar reasons. And, um, but I, um, when you talk to an employee about their pay, 
the pay of the owner of the company is really immaterial. You know, somebody whose company's struggling, uh, an employee doesn't need to hear about what the owner's taking home. <laughs> you know, the owner has the ownership of the company to fall back on. You know, the company can be sold or, you know. Um, so I was, you know, that kind of hit me hard. Quarterly conversation. Oh, 25% pay cut. And I, I expressed my concern. And my boss, this guy who had I had a very good working relationship with, he seemed very put off right away that I was that I wanted to talk about the terms of this <laughs> of this pay cut. They wanted more half more time, but only twenty five percent more money. Yeah. And I I wanted to talk about that. Of course, I was like, whoa, ho, ho. And he got very angry at this time and was like, well, Matthew, you know that we've all been taking this pay cut and I've taken this pay cut with no expectation of fewer hours worked. He said this to me a couple of times, no expectation of fewer hours worked. But the truth was he, he had taken the pay cut and then he had taken Fridays off. He had put it on the calendar as a as a personal day, a recurring personal day, Fridays off. So if you want, if we're doing the numbers here, he was working 80% of the time and getting 75% of his salary. Yeah. Taking Fridays off is 20% fewer hours by my calculations. Yeah. That's right. I'm, I'm no mathematician. But. Yeah. None of us are here. Um, and I, you know, I let that slide. That's fine. He said that. And, um, you know, I, I, we went on with our quarterly conversation. By the way, all of my reviews with this company had been good, very good. Stellar, yeah. yeah. They had been saying, oh, Matthew, we're so happy with your work. And every time we talked, it was like, it was all good until, hey, we want you to work for 75% of your salary. And I wanted to discuss that. And man, that just pissed him off for some reason. Yeah. It's really curious to me that, that he would not, that he that he was that dismissive of your negotiation that is you know anytime you're changing somebody's changing the terms of some employment that is that is a negotiation and, I, it, and be, I, uh, it wasn't even like i tried to negotiate it wasn't like i said oh i'll do it for 15 percent less salary or 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 i didn't say which maybe i should have said i'll, I'll do that i'll work monday through thursday for 75 percent of my salary you yeah know, i I just said, I don't like that. What I, I expressed my concerns and it's this. Here's my first concern. If if you let a company start paying you less than the salary you negotiated, what's to say they're not gonna just let that go on in perpetuity? Yep. You know, and and so that happened and he seemed very pissed, and it ended with him saying, Well, let me know if you want to be considered for this full time thing. Okay. And I got off the phone and I talked to my wife and she was like, just take the salary and work three quarters, you know, whatever, you know, it's like, I was already looking for another job. I, I can't go on with less than what I'm being, what I, I want, I, what I'm, my time is worth is the bottom line. Yeah. And, um, I hesitantly slacked him the next day and, and said, yes, please consider me for this by the way, I, I when I started having to work more than half time, 
I said to them, I'm working more than 20 hours and I would like to be paid hourly over the 20 hours. And they didn't want to do that. And they had said, you count up that time and you can take that time off at a later date. And so it, it, when it first happened, I did that. I took a week off, all good. But then a couple of months, November, December went by and the, the holidays, I wanted to take some time off. And I, I requested three days at Christmas, which would have kind of been the whole week of Christmas, you know? And my yeah. boss and my boss said, I can't, I, I can't approve this right now because I'm laying the groundwork for you to come back on full time. Now, I thought I was laying the groundwork myself by doing an excellent job, taking care of customers, taking care of uh, accounts. Um, yeah. I was laying the groundwork, not him, but he, he thought he was. Um, and he said it, he said this a couple times, like, I'm going out on a limb for you, or I'm going to bat for you, which makes it sound like the owner wanted to just ax me anyway, right? Yeah. So anyway, I hesitantly agreed to that. And then time went on. <laughs> and I, for, for the first thing I did was start working only 20 hours a week. I, I stopped working. I thought I was working towards something and I'm like, I'm not working towards anything. I'm just going to work 20 hours, which started getting me behind. Like we've had a lot of customer requests, a lot of people coming back online. Uh, we do these menu rollouts for Starbucks and Potbelly and Charlie's Philly cheesesteak. And things were piling up because there were daily customer needs. And um, he had slacked me maybe last week. Uh, uh, we're getting the funding. They were applying for another PPP loan is what was happening. And oh, we're, we're, it's coming. So this week, the third week of February, winter storm crisis. It was the third day without power. I had spent a night not in my home. I was not in a great frame of mind. This was Wednesday. He slacked me. You got a moment for a chat? <sighs> yeah, sure. He called me and he's like, well, I've got good news. We want you to come back on full time at that pay reduction. And he said the amount that my new salary would be. And that's going to start February 25th. And I was like, okay, okay. And he was like, well, that's not the reaction I was expecting or like the reaction I was hoping for or something. And I was like, well, dude, I don't, I, I've already expressed my concerns. I'm, this, I'm not happy about that. I'm, well, I've gone to bat for you and I've had your back. And so they, they wanted me to take the pay cut and thank them for the pay cut. And, and, and I, I'm somehow, I'm an asshole because they've all taken these pay cuts. I reminded him, I've also taken a pay cut. Well, I've taken the pay cut with no expectation of less hours worked. And I said, dude, you worked, uh, you, you put Fridays off on the calendar for months. The only reason he he had taken Fridays back on is because that other guy had left. The other leadership team member had left. He couldn't keep doing that. And this enraged this person, this level-headed uh, quote-unquote leader. It made him so mad. And he said to me, and I apologize to the listenership right now, but he said to me, I'm your fucking boss. Now here I am. 
in a what seems like a pretty dire life or death situation trying to figure out how I'm going to get power if hoping my pipes aren't burst hoping we have food to make it through what do you what do you want to say what's interesting about that statement is that's probably exactly the moment that he became not your boss anymore <laughs> I, I should have said at that moment here's what I should have said no you're not you, you're no one you're nobody to me but I said, I said, I can't believe you're speaking to me in that manner and with that kind of profanity. And he said, well, good day. And he hung up the phone. That's Wednesday. Now, funny enough, I had a second interview with a company scheduled for 2 p.m. that day. We were we were staying where we were. We, we had heard power was coming back on in our neighborhood, but we were staying where we were so I could have this second video interview with this company I'm really excited about. And it, it was great. Um, I was, it was with the hiring manager and it was a f- scheduled for 45 minutes and it went an hour and 15. And, you know, that's a great possibility. Oh, great. Here, here's another scare tactic this person used with me a couple of times. He said, I sure wouldn't want to be out there looking for a job with everybody else. Wow, everything you tell me about this, like this guy just sounds like a real creep. <laughs> you know, it's funny because the guy that that trained me to do to do what I was doing and that I was getting to be his kind of assistant and backup when I came on, he quit in in a similar manner because he uh, had when he had uh, been hired, they couldn't afford him and he had negotiated a couple of pay bumps, scheduled pay bumps, and it came around and the company was having a little trouble and they denied him. They were like, "Sorry dude, we're having this these uh pay problems and we can't we can't give you the bump." And then this boss, quote unquote boss, did the same thing with him, like leaned on him hard. So, okay, so that was Wednesday and Wednesday night I'm I I, I of course can't get it out of my head and I'm trying to decide what to do and uh, Thursday morning come, we came home, our power came back on Thursday morning comes. And on Thursday morning, he's right on top of me, 9am online question mark. This is like a slack. And then I'm just ignoring him and trying to decide what I want to do. I wanted to talk to the owner and, and go ahead and just register my, uh, resignation with him and tell him, thank you. But I won't be speaking. <laughs> I won't be spoken to like that. This is not the military. I didn't enlist to work for this company. And um, then he's texting me, are you working today? And I just texted back, no. And then he's calling me and then he's texting, call, please call me. And my wife is saying, don't, don't call him. And I was like, I've got to just handle this right now. And so I got on the phone with him and I was like, I'm, I'm, in a serious situation here trying to figure out if I've got enough food for my family for the next few days. Um, I'm working on my resignation right now. And he got enraged. He was like, is this because of your bad attitude about the pay cut? (laughs) My bad attitude about the pay cut. It is not unheard of for an employee to want to discuss the terms of taking 25% less than the pay that they negotiated. Am I, Shafee, am I right? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, and um, I, I couldn't capitulate. And he, he was yelling at me, the, you know, you're going to regret this. You're going to look back on this. And I had your back. I was your biggest jibbity dibbity do. 
look, I, I've been on half time for eight months. It's not like I'm walking away from a perfect situation and a perfect job. I mean, um, he said he was a divity do. I'm, I'm, uh, it's a <laughs> euphemism. <sighs> I gotta anyway. say, er, everything that you're telling me about this makes me feel like, uh, your best path is away from that guy. <laughs> it it was my fault for not. Um, I should have. It was not okay with me to work full time for twenty five percent less. I I had had a between those two conversations, and I'd had another conversation with him where I said, "Is there any sort of assurance that you can offer me? Like I, I would like in writing. I I make this, and I'm now I'm accepting this. But if the company returns to a profitability judged by this metric, then that will change." And he said, "No, no, I can't do that. And you know, if that doesn't if that doesn't work for you, it's a free country, and I I have you can walk. I could walk. Okay." But then when I did walk, it made him so angry. And somehow it was about my bad attitude. No, sir. It was about a business decision. The terms of the deal were not acceptable. You are in breach of contract. I agreed to work for you for this much. And working for them has been a headache. It, w- it wasn't worth a penny less than I was being paid. So Yeah, well, you know, yeah, good for you for recognizing what – what your needs were to do that job. That's. But, but just let me say this. A lot of people don't, a lot of people don't make those kind of calculations and they end up, they end up, you know, putting themselves through a lot of, a lot of negative stuff for no reason. So. Well, I actually did put myself through a lot of negative stuff in the last year, you know, working for this company and look, I wish them well, I wish him well. Um, it, I know it seems insane to quit a job, but I have, I have, just like we talked about a couple episodes ago, I have friends in construction. I I'm happy to go and work with my hands immediately making, I will be making the same amount of, or more (laughs) money than they have been paying me all these months. And, um, I have, I, so we had this whole conversation about getting too excited about something on episode 70, that was all about yeah. a, job, a different job interview that I had had that week. And um, I had had a first interview that went great. And the second interview didn't go so great, but I had gotten really excited about it. And that I, I wanted to talk about it then and didn't feel like I could. Um, but, um, you know, I think I'm going to be okay. I've, I've got skills. I really am an excellent employee. Every 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 outfit I've ever worked for has really appreciated the the effort that I put into what I do. You know, I I have no doubt that you're going to be okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, life is too short to have people saying to you, "I'm your fucking boss." I, I really want to print it on a shirt, get a nice screen print, and just send him a shirt so he can. But I'm not. I'm not going to do anything like that. But. You don't want to amplify a signal like that. So I'm stepping away from that. So congratulations are indeed in order. I I would like to follow this up with, if there's any hunter gatherers out there who need a graphic designer, web designer, project manager for their organization, you can hit me up at feedback at onemagicalhour.com and I'll send you my CV and uh, we'll get to talking about that. So... (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, however, it sounds like the you know with this other guy, this you might have uh, 
something lined I, up already. I, I'm huh? really excited about this other opportunity. I, I really, I, but, but you know what? I shouldn't get, again, I shouldn't get excited about something that right now is just speculative. And of course, but you, you know what I do have, man? I've got my family. I've got my friends. I've got you. I've got this podcast. You've got one magical nation. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a rich man. I have it all. So, um, thanks for, I know that was long winded. I, I hope everybody enjoyed listening to it. I mean, that's the real deal. I, I will say that the, the stress of the winter storm and the uncertainty and losing sleep from sleeping on floors and sleeping cold and then being furious about somebody treating you in a manner which seems dehumanizing. It's been one of the most stressful weeks of my life. I think everybody would agree with me when I say that you, you shouldn't keep something like that bottled up inside you. So I'm, glad I'm so I'm, I really, I'm so glad to talk to you about it and put it here <laughs> and it, it, it's played over and over in my mind and I feel like I can, I can put it to bed, you know, and just move on. I, another friend of ours, Ramsey Barca, uh, whom, who's kind of my, um, business law counselor. Um, I was just, he's dealing with stuff at his house, bust pipes and stuff. And, um, we, uh, we meet for coffee sometimes and our coffee got pushed because of the, of the, of the polar vortex. But I texted him that I did that. He, he was well aware of the situation and he texted back. Congratulations. Now you can focus on your future. I was thinking about one magical nation today. I was thinking about Kat and Jeff and uh, Jonathan in the United Arab Emirates and all of the gang in India and Ellen Ferguson in Maryland and the folks uh, out in Seattle, Becky and Ali. And I was thinking about, you know, I've been on about how geographical borders are illusions and, you know, the nations are just kind of made up symbols whereby we uh, separate from each other. I was wondering if we could be more inclusive, not only of our global reach, you know, a la India and United Arab Emirates and uh, Australia and Ireland and the like, but even the ones we haven't met yet who might be extraterrestrial. And I was wondering if we could change, if we could change the designation one magical nation to one magical universe. How do you feel about that? Here's how I feel about it. That's kind of that's kind of an extraterrestrial beat. I did it for this segment because I knew it would be heady. (laughs) Okay, I'm bumping the polar vortex poem to episode 73 but i do want to get to this one last thing okay uh producer uh amiratus and best friend of the show alex battles uh got at us to let us know that on disney plus now is it's uh all of the old muppet show series 
is, awesome. is, is now available. Yes. So that's super exciting. And then popping corn. Uh, I was thinking of being the Swedish chef for Halloween this year. <laughs> do your do your Swedish chef impersonation. Popping corn and taking the popping corn. Uh, it just so happens that in coinciding with Alex's announcement in my, in my, ever since, you know, that awesome Chris Christopherson story dropped, I've set up uh, Google alerts to give me a, an alert anytime Chris Christopherson pops up in the news. <laughs> and, Don't uh, we all have that set? And I, today I got this, brief little article from a an online publication called Wide Open Country that lists the 10 country artists and duos who appeared on the Muppet show. Oh. So awesome. those include uh Roy Clark in 1978, so that'd be a hee-haw crossover, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where and, uh, where are you tonight? Why did you leave me here all alone? I searched the world over and thought I found true love. You met another and pfft, you were gone. That's the that's the one. Uh, so I mean, yeah, 1978. Also in 1978 was Loretta Lynn. Um, and then this one, I found the YouTube of it. And I put it on our Facebook page. Uh, Chris Christopherson and his wife at the time, Rita Coolidge, came on. It's an awesome performance. Uh, no surprise, Roger Miller was on there. Uh, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans appeared on there. Uh, and Crystal Gale in 1979. Uh, Kenny Rogers in 79. And Murray in 1980. And then 1981 uh, features both Johnny Cash and Lubbock's own Mac Davis. Wow. So... And the Mac Davis one, I'm going to put the Mac Davis one on the f- website too because that's hilarious. That has Beaker, like the, or sorry, <laughs> not Beaker. That's the scientist. The they look like Beaker, but they're aliens. Mm-hmm. The ones who like, uh, the ones who com- communicate with the, f- the telephone, right? The bring, bring. Hmm. Uh, they, uh, they do poor boy boogie together, and that one's. That one's awesome. He also sings Don't Get Hooked on Me to Miss Piggy. (laughs) Other guest appearances include John Denver, Linda Ronstadt, Judy Collins, Gladys Knight, Steve Martin, Carol Burnett, Don Knotts, Dom DeLuise. So uh, definitely get on there. I remember Harry Belafonte was on there. Um, So, yeah. Did Did they put all the Muppet shows on Disney Plus? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to go on a deep dive. My poor kids. They're like, no more Muppets. I'm so excited. I remember, man, when I was a kid, uh, Sunset Ridge Apartments, San Antonio, Texas, uh, you know, circa 1983 or so, eight years old, 1982, I was seven. Uh, If I got in big trouble, that was my punishment, was I didn't get to watch... The, on Sunday night, I wouldn't be allowed to watch the Muppet Show, and that was the absolute worst punishment that could be meted out to me. You got to pay the piper. And, and if I missed the Muppet Show, that was that was a sad, sad, sad thing. Well, 
that's such great news. Thank you for brightening it up after my sad, sad story. Thank you again for listening. Uh, Thanks listen, for guys. trusting us with your story, sir. Yeah, we appreciate it. Listen, One Magical Nation, we love you. And uh, we make some One poor choices. Universe. We make some poor choices on this show. But the poor yeah, of the do. choices. Not, not just from our kids, but well into our adulthood. Keeps the coming. poor of the choices. Yo, what's up? This is Angela Casual coming at you with a little boost therapy. Go ahead, Casual. You drop it on them first, man. Everything my clan do represent a brand new step. These tyrannical government scandals got the world spinning out of control. So Angelo, I'ma give him what I got in my soul. Well, here, here we, we go. go. And he a DFI rap guy with perfect kush growing in the backyard. I'm a conspiracy theorist, must be these government plots that got I'm fearing these lyrics and you ain't hearing me. I make styles and experiment with them. Build with the ancient Egyptian pyramid system. Mystery wisdom, rhythm warrior, and you can share victory with them. Liquidy spit over the track till it's slippery. Looking at these current events and it's sickening. We're getting prepared for a brand new step. And we can do this with high road Terrorism. Some say the CIA is far flagging the usher in the year of the dragon, the fire, the year of the liar. Fears your desire, don't adhere to the real with the nonsense. Stand up for your rights, that's common sense. I don't have a problem with any peaceful person. Just hit the studio and release my verses. Release the tension, at least to mention. I can take you to the next three dimensions. With these inventions, my body's going through a DNA shift. My DJ say it makes me sound swift. I'm like your imaginary friend. When you pretend, I'm nothing to play with. to the worst to the worst to the